0: Hello, my friends, and guess what time it is. Yes, you're right. It's time to spend another Black History Moment with Bo. And I am here to say hello to you and thank you for spending a few moments with me. Moments that I hope will enrich in your day. Moments that I hope will give you knowledge. Not a whole lot of knowledge, but just a few moments of it. You know, my friends, we all know the Constitution was not written for us. But the fact that they want to keep repeating to us that no one is above the law is a damn disgrace. And I guess being an ex-president puts you in another category. But here's something that I do know. If I go to the bank and I tell them I have a 30,000 square foot apartment and I borrow millions of dollars against that 30,000 square foot apartment and when truth be told, it's only 11,000 square foot apartment. My behind is going to jail. That is fraud. And at one time, I would feel like that was a slap in the face, but not now because they have done it so much then I can only feel pity for them because by their own rules and their own actions, they make themselves self look silly. But that's enough about whiteness because this show is about truth and it's about fact. So welcome and stick around because for the next few minutes, I'm going to give you truth and I'm going to give you facts. Stories dragged out of the darkness. friends, these next few moments is about a young man by the name of George Stiney Jr., and he was the youngest American ever put to death in the electric chair. Then his conviction was overturned. The youngest person in the United States to ever be put to death in the electric chair was an African-American, a 14-year-old named George Stiney Jr., and he was executed in the Deep South In 1944, in the midst of the Jim Crow era, now George Steinie Jr. lived in a segregated mill town of Alcolu, South Carolina, where white people and black people were separated by railroad tracks. The Steinie family lived in a humble company house until they were forced to leave when the young boy was accused of killing two white girls. It took a jury of white men ten minutes to find Steiny guilty, and it would take seventy years before he was exonerated. In March nineteen forty-four, Betty June Bineker eleven and Mary Thames seven were riding their bicycles in Alkulu looking for flowers. When they saw Steiny and his younger sister, Amy, during their journey, they stopped and asked if they knew where to find Maypops, the yellow edible fruit of passion flowers. And that was reportedly the last time the girls were seen alive. Benneker and Thames, who were white, never made it home that day. Their disappearance prompted hundreds of al Kulu residents, including Stymie's father, to come together and search for the missing girls. It wasn't until the next day when the dead bodies were discovered in a soggy ditch. When Dr. Asbury Buzzard examined their bodies, there was no clear signs of a struggle. But both girls had met violent deaths including multiple head injuries. Thames had a hole boring straight through her forehead into her skull, along with a two-inch long cut above her right eyebrow. Meanwhile, Binnaker had suffered at least seven blows to the head. It was later noted that the back of her skull was nothing but a mass of crushed bones. Now, I just wonder, my friends, can you imagine your seven-year-old doing something like that? Bozart concluded that Binnicker and Dames had wounds that were likely caused by a round instrument about the size of the head of a hammer. And of course, rumors started floating around town. One was that the girls had stopped at a prominent white family's home on the same day of their murders. But this was never confirmed, and police certainly didn't seem to be looking for a white killer Of course not. White people do not kill white children, do they? When Clarendon County law enforcement officers learned from a witness that Binnaker and Thames were seen talking to Stiney, they went to his home. There, George Stiney was promptly handcuffed and interrogated for hours in a small room without his parents, an attorney, or any witnesses. That shows you what the Constitution does for us, because we're only three-fifths human, right? And the police claim that Steiny confessed to murdering Binnaker and Dames after his plan to have sex with one of the girls failed. You see, my friends, this is why these type of stories are hidden into the darkness, because they are utterly ridiculous. An officer named H.S. Newman wrote in a handwritten statement, I arrested a boy by the name of George Stiney. He then made a confession and told me where to find a piece of iron about 15 inches long. He said he put it in a ditch about six feet from the bicycle. Newman refused to reveal where Stiney was detained as rumors of lynching spread throughout the town. Not even his parents knew where he was as his trial quickly approached. At the time, 14 was considered the age of responsibility and Stiney was believed to be responsible for murder. About a month after the girl's death, George Stiney Jr.'s trial began at a Clarendon County courthouse. Court-appointed attorney Charles Plowden did little to nothing to defend his client. Of course not. During the two-hour trial, Plowden failed to call witnesses to the stand or present any evidence that would cast doubt on the prosecution's case. The most significant piece of evidence presented against Steinem was his alleged confession but there was no written record of the teen admitting to the murders. By the time of his trial, Steiny hadn't seen his parents in weeks, and they were too afraid of getting attacked by a white mob to come to the courthouse. So the 14-year-old was surrounded by strangers, up to 1,500 of them. And following a deliberation that took less than 10 minutes, the all-white jury found Stiney guilty of murder with no recommendation for mercy. On April 24, 1944, the team was sentenced to die by electrocution. But now George Stiney's execution was not without protest. In South Carolina, organizers for both white and black minstrel unions petitioned Governor Olin Johnson to grant Stiney clemency based on his young age. Meanwhile, hundreds of letters and telegrams poured into the governor's office, begging him to show mercy to Stiney. Stiney's supporters appealed with everything from the basic ideal of fairness to the concept of Christian justice. But in the end, none of it was enough to save Stiney. And on June the 16th, 1944, George Stiney walked into the execution chamber at the South Carolina State Penitentiary in Columbia with a Bible tucked under his arm. Weighing just 95 pounds, he was dressed in a loose-fitting striped jumpsuit strapped into an adult-sized electric chair. He was so small that the state electrician struggled to adjust an electrode, to his right leg. A mask that was too big for him was placed over his face. An assistant captain asked Stiney if he had any last words. Steiny replied, no, sir. The prison doctor prodded. You don't want to say anything about what you did? Again, Steiny replied, no, sir. When officials turned on the switch, 2,400 votes, surged through Stiney's body, causing the mass to slip off. His eyes were wide and teary, and saliva was emulating from his mouth for all the witnesses in the room to see. After two more jolts of electricity, it was over. Damn, there was white supremacy and cruelty at its finest. Steiny was pronounced dead shortly thereafter, In a span of just 83 days, the boy had been charged with murder, tried, convicted, and executed by the state of South Carolina. George Stiney's murder conviction was thrown out in 2014. Do you get that? 2014. And they still could not see the silliness of this. But his siblings claimed that his confession was coerced and he had an alibi. At the time of the murders, he was with his sister, Amy, watching the family's cow. They also noted that a man named Wilfred Johnny Hunter, who claimed to be Steiny's cellmate, said that Stiney denied murdering Binnaker and Thames. He said, Johnny, I didn't, didn't do it. Hunter said, and he said, why would they kill me for something I didn't do? After months of consideration, on December the 17th, 2014, Judge Carmen T. Mullen vacated Steiny's murder conviction, calling the death sentence a great and fundamental injustice. You see, they try to clean it up when publicity is about to come into the state, something that would make South Carolinians look bad. But as history tells, South Carolina has always and is to this present bad. More black drivers are stopped in South Carolina than in any other state. South Carolina has a long, dark history of injustices, including the largest slave market in the United States. And my brothers and sisters are. If you knew the story of Myrtle Beach, you would never go there. And that story is coming to you, I promise. But anyway, George Steiny's siblings were overjoyed to learn that their brother was exonerated after 70 years, appreciating that they were able to live long enough to see it happen. It was like a cloud just moved away, said Steiny's sister, Catherine Robertson. I could only imagine the feeling one must have if they lived all these years knowing that their brother had been executed for something that they knew he did not do. That my friends is what they call trying of the soul. That my friends was just another Emmett Till. And hundreds and thousands of our ancestors suffered through this very ordeal. That's proof in itself that the Constitution has nothing to do with us. What about the fact that we're supposed to have a jury of our peers? And as you listen to this story, you have to honor our ancestors that were able to survive in this era and give us the life and give us the ability to tell their stories. And that's what we do here. We tell the stories. My friends, we know what that music means. It means that it is once more that time for me to get out of here. But before I go, I got to tell you something. The awakening is this overwhelming sensation that's occurring deep inside of you. You question everything that was told to you as a kid. You're looking for facts now, proof, and for undeniable consistencies. This is proof that you are transforming awakening. Don't fight it. Allow this energy to flow. Because without your own cultural identity, you become anything that they tell you you are. Until next time, my friends, have a good day. And it has been my honor.